Chapter Twenty Four of Narda the Lily by H. Rider Haggard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Slaying of the Boars. On the morrow, I led Umslopogaas apart and spoke to him thus, My son, yesterday when you did not know me except as the mouth of Dingaan, you charged me with a certain message for Dingaan the king that had it been delivered into the ears of the king had surely brought death upon you and all your people the tree that stands by itself on a plain umslopogaas thinks itself tall and that there is no shade equal to its shade yet there are other and bigger trees you are such a solitary tree umslopogaas but the topmost branches of him whom i serve are thicker than your trunk and beneath his shadow live many woodcutters who go out to lop those who would grow too high you are no match for dingaan though dwelling here alone in an empty land you have grown great in your own eyes and in the eyes of those about you moreover umslopogaas know this dingaan already hates you because of the words which in bygone years you sent by masilo the fool to the black one who is dead for he heard those words and it is his will to eat you up he has sent me hither for one reason only to be rid of me a while and whatever the words i bring back to him the end will be the same that night shall come when you shall find an impi at your gates then what need to talk more of the matter my father asked umslopogaas that will come which must come let me wait here for the impi of dingaan and fight till i die not so umslopogaas my son there are more ways of killing a man than by the assegai and a crooked stick can still be bent straight in the steam it is my desire umslopogaas that instead of hate dingaan should give you love instead of death advancement and that you shall grow great in his shadow listen dingaan is not what shaka was though like shaka he is cruel this dingaan is a fool and it may well come about that a man can be found who growing up in his shadow in the end shall overshadow him i might do it i myself but i am old and being worn with sorrow have no longing to rule but you are young umslopogaas and there is no man like you in the land moreover there are other matters of which it is not well to speak that shall serve you as a raft whereon to swim to power now umslopogaas glanced up sharply for in those days he was ambitious and desired to be the first among the people indeed having the blood of shaka in his veins how could it be otherwise what is your plan my father he asked say how this can be brought about this and thus umslopogaas among the tribe of the halakazi in swaziland there dwells a maid who is named the lily she is a girl of the most wonderful beauty and dingaan is afire with longing to have her to wife now a while since dingaan dispatched an embassy to the chief of the halakazi asking the lily in marriage and the chief of the halakazi sent back insolent words saying that the beauty of the earth should be given to no zulu dog as a wife then dingaan was angry and he would have gathered his impis and sent them against the halakazi to destroy them and bring him the maid but i held him back from it saying that now was no time to begin a new war 
and it is for this cause that dingaan hates me he is so set upon the plucking of the swazi lily do you understand now lumslopagas something he answered but speak clearly wow umslopagas half words are better than whole ones in this land of ours listen then this is my plan that you should fall upon the halakazi tribe destroy it and bring back the maid as a peace offering to dingaan that is a good plan my father he answered at the least maid or no maid there will be fighting in it and cattle to divide when the fighting is done first conquer then reckon up the spoils am slopagas now he thought a while then said suffer that i summon galazi the wolf my captain do not fear he's trusty and a man of few words presently galazi came and sat down before us then i put the matter to him thus that am slopagas would fall upon the halakazi and bring to dingaan the maid he longed for as a peace offering but that i wished to hold him back from the venture because the halakazi people were great and strong i spoke in this sense so that i might have a door to creep out should galazi betray the plot and umslopogaas read my purpose though my craft was needless for galazi was a true man galazi the wolf listened in silence till i had finished then he answered quietly but it seemed to me that a fire shone in his eyes as he spoke i am chief by right of the halakazi o mouth of dingaan and know them well they are a strong people and can put two full regiments under arms whereas bulalio here can muster but one regiment and that a small one moreover they have watchmen out by night and day and spies scattered through the land so that it will be hard to take them unawares also their stronghold is a vast cave open to the sky in the middle and none have won that stronghold yet nor could it be found except by those who know its secret they are few yet i am one of them for my father showed it to me when i was a lad therefore mouth of dingaan you will know that this is no easy task which bulalio would set himself and us to conquer the halakazi that is the face of the matter so far as it concerns bulalio but for me o mouth it has another face know that long years ago i swore to my father as he lay dying by the poison of a witch of this people that i would not rest till i had avenged him ay till i had stamped out the halakazi and slain their men and brought their women to the houses of strangers and their children to bonds year by year and month by month and night by night as i have lain alone upon the ghost mountain yonder i have wondered how i might bring my oath to pass and found no way now it seems that there is a way and i am glad yet this is a great adventure and perhaps before it is done with the people of the axe will be no more and he ceased and took snuff watching our faces over the spoon gullazi the wolf said umslopogaas for me also the matter has another face you have lost your father at the hands of these halakazi dogs and though till last night i did not know it i have lost my mother by their spears and with her one whom i loved above all in the world my sister nada who loved me also both are dead and the halakazi have killed them this man the mouth of dingaan and he pointed to me mopo this man says that if i can stamp out the halakazi and make captive of the lily maid 
i shall win the heart of dingaan little do i care for dingaan i who would go my way alone and live while i may live and die when i must by the hands of dingaan as by those of another what does it matter yet for this reason because of the death of makrofa my mother and nada the sister who was dear to me i will make war upon these halakazi and conquer them or be conquered by them perhaps o mouth of dingaan you will see me soon at the king's kraal on the mahalabatine and with me the lily maid and the cattle of the halakazi or perhaps you shall not see me and then you will know that i am dead and the warriors of the axe are no more sawam slopagas spoke to me before galazi the wolf but afterwards he embraced me and bade me farewell for he had no great hope that we should meet again and i also doubted it for as galazi said the adventure was great yet as i had seen so many times it is the bold thrower who oftenest wins so we parted i to return to dingaan and tell him that mulalio chief of the people of the axe had gone up against the halakazi to win the lily maid and bring her to him in atonement while umslopagas remained to make ready his impi for war i went swiftly from the ghost mountain back to the kraal umgugunglovu and presented myself before dingaan who at first looked on me coldly but when i told him my message and how that the chief bulalio the slaughterer had taken the war-path to win him the lily his manner changed he took me by the hand and said that i had done well and he had been foolish to doubt me when i lifted up my voice to persuade him from sending an impi against the halakazi now he saw that it was my purpose to rake this halakazi fire with another hand than his and to save his hand from the burning and he thanked me moreover he said that if this chief of the people of the axe brought him the maid his heart desired not only would he forgive him the words he had spoken by the mouth of masilo to the black one who was dead but also all the cattle of the halakazi should be his and he would make him great in the land i answered that all this was as the king willed i had but done my duty by the king and worked so that whatever befell a proud chief should be weakened and a foe should be attacked at no cost to the king in such fashion also that perhaps it might come about that the king would shortly have the lily at his side then i sat down to wait what might befall now it is my father that the white men come into my story whom we name the amabuna but you call the boars oh i think ill of those amabuna though it was i who gave them the victory over dingaan i and umslopagas before this time indeed a few white men had come to and fro to the kraals of shaka and dingaan but these came to pray and not to fight now the boars both fight and pray also they steal or used to steal which i do not understand for the prayers of you white men say that these things should not be done well when i had been back from the ghost mountain 
something less than a moon the boars came sixty of them commanded by a captain named retief a big man and armed with roars the long guns they had in those days oh perhaps they numbered a hundred in all counting their servants and after-riders this was their purpose to get a grant of the land in natal that lies between the tugela and the umzimubu rivers but by my counsel and that of other indunas dingaan bargained with the boers that first they should attack a certain chief named sigomiela who had stolen some of the king's cattle and who lived near the quathlamba mountains and bring back those cattle this the boers agreed to and went to attack the chief and in a little while they came back again having destroyed the people of sigomiela and driving his cattle before them as well as those which had been stolen from the king the face of dingaan shone when he saw the cattle and that night he called us the council of the amapacati together and asked to us as to the granting of the country i spoke the first and said that it mattered little if he granted it seeing that the black one who was dead had already given it to the english the people of george and the end of the matter would be that the amabuna and the people of george would fight for the land yet the words of the black one were coming to pass for already it seemed we could hear the sound of the running of a white folk who should eat up the kingdom now when i had spoken thus the heart of dingaan grew heavy and his face dark for my words stuck in his breast like a barbed spear still he made no answer but dismissed the council on the morrow the king promised to sign the paper giving the lands they asked for to the boers and all was smooth as water when there is no wind before the paper was signed the king gave a great dance for there were many regiments gathered at the kraal and for three days this dance went on but on the third day he dismissed the regiments all except one an impi of lads who were commanded to stay now all this while i wondered what was in the mind of dingaan and was afraid for the amabuna but he was secret and told nothing except to the captains of the regiment alone no not even to one of his council yet i knew that he planned evil and was half inclined to warn the captain retief but did not fearing to make myself foolish ah my father if i had spoken how many would have lived who soon were dead but what does it matter in any case most of them would have been dead by now on the fourth morning early dingaan sent a messenger to the boers bidding them meet him in the cattle kraal for there he would mark the paper so they came stacking their guns at the gate of the kraal for it was death for any man white or black to come armed before the presence of the king now my father the kraal Ungugungluvu, was built in a great circle after the fashion of royal kraals first came the high outer fence then 
the thousands of huts that ran three parts round between the great fence and the inner one within this inner fence was the large open space big enough to hold five regiments and at the top of it opposite the entrance stood the cattle kraal itself that cut off a bit of the open space by another fence bent like a bow behind this again were the emposeni the place of the king's women the guard-house the labyrinth and the intunculu the house of the king dingaan came out on that day and sat on a stool in front of the cattle kraal and by him stood a man holding a shield over his head to keep the sun from him also we of the amapakati the council were there and ranged round the fence of the space armed with short sticks only not with kerries my father was that regiment of young men which dingaan had not sent away the captain of the regiment being stationed near to the king on the right presently the boars came in on foot and walked up to the king in a body and dingaan greeted them kindly and shook hands with retief their captain then retief drew the paper from a leather pouch which set out the boundaries of the grant of land and it was translated to the king by an interpreter dingaan said that it was good and put his mark upon it and retief and all the boors were pleased and smiled across their faces now they would have said farewell but dingaan forbade them saying that they must not go yet first they must eat and see the soldiers dance a little and he commanded dishes of boiled flesh which had been made ready and bowls of milk to be brought to them the boors said that they had already eaten still they drank the milk passing the bowls from hand to hand now the regiment began to dance singing the ingombo that is the war-chant of Azulus, my father and the boors drew back towards the centre of the space to give the soldiers room to dance in it was at this moment that i heard dingaan give an order to a messenger to run swiftly to the white doctor of prayers who was staying without the kraal telling him not to be afraid and i wondered what this might mean for why should the prayer doctor fear a dance such as he had often seen before presently dingaan rose and followed by all walked through the press to where captain retief stood and bade him good-bye shaking him by the hand and bidding him hamlagachle to go in peace then he turned and walked back again towards the gateway which led to his royal house and i saw that near this entrance stood the captain of the regiment as one stands who waits for orders now of a sudden my father dingaan stopped and cried with a loud voice bulalani avatakati slay the wizards and having cried it he covered his face with the corner of his blanket and passed behind the fence we the councillors stood astounded like men who had become stone but before we could speak or act the captain of the regiment had also cried aloud 
Bulalani Abatakati, and the signal was caught up from every side. Then, my father, came a yell and a rush of thousands of feet, and through the clouds of dust we saw the soldiers hurl themselves upon the Amabuna, and above the shouting we heard the sound of falling sticks. The Amabuna drew their knives and fought bravely, but before a man could count a hundred twice it was done, and they were being dragged, some few dead, but most yet living, towards the gates of the Kral, and out on to the hill of slaughter, and there, on the hill of slaughter, they were massacred, every one of them. Ah, I will not tell you. They were massacred and piled in a heap, and that was the end of their story, my father. Now I and the other councillors turned away and walked silently towards the house of the king. We found him standing before his great hut, and lifting our hands, we saluted him silently, saying no word. It was Dingaan who spoke, laughing a little as he spoke, like a man who is uneasy in his mind. Ah, my captains, he said, when the vultures plumed themselves this morning and shrieked to the sky for blood, they did not look for such a feast as I have given them. And you, my captains, you little guessed how great a king the heavens have set to rule over you, nor how deep is the mind of the king that watches over his people's welfare. Now the land is free from the white wizards, of whose footsteps the black one croaked as he gave up his life. Or soon shall be, for this is but a beginning. Ho, oh, messengers! And he turned to some men who stood behind him. Away swiftly to the regiments that are gathered behind the mountain. Away to them, bearing the king's word to the captains. This is the king's word, that the impi shall run to the land of Natal and slay the boars there, wiping them out man woman and child away now the messengers cried out the royal salute of bayete and leaping forward like spears from the hand of the thrower were gone at once but we the councillors the members of the amapakati still stood silent then dingaan spoke again addressing me is thy heart at rest now mopo son of makedama ever hast thou bleated in my ear of this white people and of the deeds that they shall do and lo i have blown upon them with my breath and they are gone say mopo are the amabuna wizards yonder all dead if any be left alive i desire to speak with one of them then i looked dingaan in the face and spoke they are all dead and thou o king thou also art dead it were well for thee, thou dog, said Dingaan, that thou shouldest make thy meaning plain. Let the king pardon me, I answered. This is my meaning. Thou canst not kill these white men, for they are not of one race, but of many races, and the sea is their home. They rise out of the black water, destroy those that are here, and others shall come to avenge them, more and more and more now thou hast smitten in thy hour in theirs they shall smite in turn 
now they lie low in blood at thy hand in a day to come o king thou shalt lie low in blood at theirs madness has taken hold of thee o king that thou hast done this thing and the fruit of thy madness shall be thy death i have spoken i who am the king's servant let the will of the king be done then i stood still waiting to be killed for oh, my father in the fury of my heart at the wickedness which had been worked i could not hold back my words thrice dingaan looked on me with a terrible face and yet there was fear in his face striving with its rage and i waited calmly to see which would conquer the fear or the rage when at last he spoke it was one word go not three words take him away so i went yet living and with me the counsellors leaving the king alone i went with a heavy heart my father for of all the evil sights that i have seen it seemed to me that this was the most evil that the amabuna should be slaughtered thus treacherously and that the impis should be sent out treacherously to murder those who were left of them together with their women and children ay and they slew six hundred of them did they slay yonder in vinen the land of weeping say my father why does the unculunculu who sits in the heavens above allow such things to be done on the earth beneath i have heard the preaching of the white men and they say that they know all about him that his names are power and mercy and love why then does he suffer these things to be done why does he suffer such men as shaka and dingaan to torment the people of the earth and in the end pay them but one death for all the thousands they have given to others because of the wickedness of the peoples you say but no no that cannot be for do not the guiltless go with the guilty ay do not the innocent children perish by the hundred perchance there is another answer though who am i my father that i in my folly should strive to search out the way of the unsearchable perchance it is but a part of the great plan a little piece of that pattern of which i spoke the pattern on the cup that holds the waters of his wisdom wow i do not understand who am but a wild man nor have i found more knowledge in the hearts of you tamed white people you know many things but of these you do not know you cannot tell us what we were an hour before birth nor what we shall be an hour after death nor why we were born nor why we die you can only hope and believe that is all and perhaps my father before my days are sped i shall be wiser than all of you for i am very aged the fire of my life sinks low it burns in my brain alone there 
it is still bright but soon that will go out also and then perhaps i shall understand End of chapter 24